Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. You have a, a personal connection to the American Civil Rights Movement. Some Democrats now are calling for a national anti-lynching law at the federal level. Is that something you think you, you would support? Gosh, I thought we did that many years ago. There have been a lot of attempts at it, something like 200 efforts, but I don't believe there's actually been one that's passed. Really? I, honestly, I hadn't thought about it. I, I thought that was done back during LBJ or some period like that, but if we, if we need one at the federal level, I certainly would support it. Fantastic. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> looking into introducing something on the there side. You, I, I, hey, that's ha, fantastic. Ha, oh, hey. that's so good to hear. Well, will you uh, hold on to that? Well, I'm going to say, <laughs> hey, excuse me. I will send it to you. Consider it done. <laughs> That, that was our response, Senator. We, I mean, I played, I played it. What a wonderful day! What a wonderful day! I played it this morning, and I said, "What? Are you kidding me?" Yeah, keep that tape and make copies. Put one in a safe. <laughs> I, I know this is on. Let me tell you, it's on the way to you. So you gotta. And now, now let me tell you. Go that, ahead. No, I got it. I got it. I have it. You can cut that. That was then, Senator Kamala Harris. Do you remember that interview? Oh, my goodness, Joe. I remember so well. Thank you for that <laughs> wonderful memory. I remember that so well. We play that. that. So we play that all the time. We really do. And thank you for coming on. And I, I want to say before we get into some real uh, issues here, and thank you, one, for coming on. Um, my audience um, and listeners have had nothing but high praises for you and your leadership on that the uh, Emmett Till anti-lynching bill, Senator Booker, Bobby Rush, and 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 Steny Hoyer. So I I, I got to tell you, this this audience has been singing your praises. Uh, for uh, uh, since we the bill signing ceremony, but l- let me ask you about another uh, historic uh, occasion. How what yes. was how were you feeling yesterday? I mean, and I pointed this out. I hope the audience, the people, appreciated the fact that you had the first African American woman vice president, uh, in in essence, presiding over the confirmation of the first African-American soon-to-be Supreme Court justice. I just, the woman, just your, just your visceral reaction. You know, Joe, I, um, I was so proud to walk into the Senate chamber yesterday afternoon to preside over that vote. And when I was sitting in the chair as it was happening, I was overwhelmed with emotion at the significance of it. You know, you and I have talked many times, and so you know that, you know, for me growing up as a child of parents who were active in the civil rights movement, the heroes for me growing up included Thurgood Marshall and Charles Hamilton Houston and Constance Baker Motley. I've always understood the power of those in the legal profession to take the passion from the streets to the courtrooms of America, and in particular the United States Supreme Court, 
to effectively interpret the Constitution of the United States in a way that justice would be done. And, you know, everything from Brown v. Board of Education to what we have achieved over the years in terms of due process, in terms of so many issues that have been about equality and freedom. And so for this phenomenal, brilliant black woman, jurist, to take her seat, about to take her seat on the United States Supreme Court, it meant so much in so many ways. You know, it is, yes, about the first, and it is also about the significance of her serving on the highest court of our land. And um, and so I, I, I was overcome when I was sitting there as it was happening by the emotion of it all. In fact, I... I wrote a note to my goddaughter, um, whose braids are just a little longer than Justice Jack- than Judge Jackson. <laughs> um, she's she's about to go to college next year, and I wrote her about what this means for her and for the future of our nation. Can and you share? Can you share a, a little bit of what you said, of what you wrote? That. Her, her path is um, is is literally it, it is open for her to achieve any and everything that she desires. Yeah. And um, and and that you know well I've been you know I mean since the day she was born I've been telling her you, you, don't you ever hear no unless it comes from your parents. <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever hear it can't yeah. be done. Don't you ever hear nobody like you has done this before? Therefore, um, and for you know, and, and I think it's also important to understand that the significance of Katanji Brown Jackson being on the United States Supreme Court is absolutely significant for all those black girls, but also for boys, for men, for women, and for people of every race. And background, because it is a statement to say, let's not accept the notion that that if there's never if, if this has never been seen, it can't be seen. You know. Let me go to my next question, and, and, and Vice President Harris, thank you so much again for coming on. Um, what is the Biden administration right now doing to address? the evacuation of African students and immigrants from this Ukrainian war zone. This has come up on my show, and the reason I bring it up is because there are callers who are saying the administration it hasn't addressed it, or they're not doing enough. Uh, can you, can you uh, talk about what the administration is doing? It's a, it is a major concern. Uh, for the audience. So I will tell you, um, Joe, I've taken three trips to Europe over the last four months, um, each one that raised the issue of Ukraine. um, And the most recent trip was to Poland and Romania uh, after Russia's invasion. And I convened a group of refugees and well they and really with the way that we're referring to it as displaced persons because they don't necessarily want to think of themselves yeah. as refugees. 
Okay. Um, and I purposely made sure that among that number would be um, people of, of African origin. You know, for example, there was a Senegalese um, gentleman there. Um, there was an, a student, a, a, a college student studying in Ukraine who was from Morocco who actually had used his family's life savings to go to school um, so that I could ha hear some firsthand account of what's going on. And I raised the issue also with the, um, with the president of Poland. Um, and I have raised the issue actually in many of the conversations that I've had with world leaders who are engaged on this issue. To, and, and to be sure that it is, um, it is something that we discuss and address. And um, so this is something I will continue to raise. And, you know, what, what I know is that we've got to do everything we can to make sure that this process of addressing displaced people is humane, that it is treating everyone equally. And this is the point I make every time I have this conversation and that there are not um, there are not populations who are treated um, unfairly, but they are basically treated like second or third class citizens mm -hmm. um, okay. in terms of the priority that we should have to 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 protect and and offer um, safety for all of them. The fine so point. The fine point eight trillion dollar budget. I can we uh, let's talk about what it means. For Black America, because I, because uh, as I, you know, as I know, you know, through history, um, oftentimes people look at the budget as it relates to uh, all of Americans. But but I but I want to focus, if you don't mind, on the uh, what's what does it mean, particularly with this uh, midterm election year. What is this going to mean for African-Americans in particular? I mean, like, for example, affordable housing, the Pell Grant. Um, um, it, it, I mean, let me, uh, public health. Uh, can you sort of go down the list of things that are in that budget? Yeah, well, first of all, um, on the housing piece, it, that's one of the biggest challenges that folks are facing right now, which is affordable housing, um, barriers to home ownership. And that's something that even just in the last couple of weeks I've been um, discussing in terms of how we are addressing that. One of the issues as it relates to, for example, home ownership is um, that there has been a longstanding racial bias in home appraisals. And so what we're seeing is that there are we because we, we're now doing the study to figure out what's going on, and you not be, not be surprised, Joe. Only five percent of the people who are certified as as appraisers for houses when you want to sell or buy, only five percent are people of color. And what we have seen around the country, and you probably heard the high-profile examples of this, is when black homeowners want to sell their home, and then you have to get the appraisal. Their home is appraised at far less than when that same home, if that black family calls on their white neighbor to replace the family's photographs with the, with the white neighbor's family's photographs, and that the, the white family will be there to get the home appraisal, mm -hmm. and it'll be appraised for a higher amount. There are stories mm -hmm. like this in many places in our country, and a lot of it has to do with the, of course, racial 
bias and, and, and systemic bias in a system such as home appraisals. So we're dealing yeah. with that by requiring training for the appraisers and all that. Anyway, that's about the housing piece. Um, I just had the, the Association of Presidents of HBCUs in, in my office yesterday. They're, they're convening in Washington, D.C. to talk about what we are doing in terms of HBCUs. We have made an historic investment of over $5 billion, that's with a B, dollars in HBCUs, and then basically have done a whole-of-government approach to support HBCUs, including dealing with the recent bomb threats and what we need to do to get grants to, to the schools where that has occurred that will include in giving resources for the work that they do around mental health. Um, there's also the work that we have to continue to do around addressing issues that relate to, to, to public health, right? And so an issue that has been close to me and something I've been working on since I was in the Senate is black maternal mortality. And we've actually put that on the stage because why? Well, black women are three times more likely to die in connection with childbirth than other women. And so we are doing work that includes saying we need to address the systemic bias in the, in the healthcare delivery system, but also we need to lengthen the amount of time that Medicaid covers postpartum services for women who have given birth. Because right now it only covers about six months, and it needs to be a year. And so that's what we're fighting okay. for. Okay. Um, uh, and and I know my time is limited, I, you know, but we, we're going to have to do this again, and I hope we can. Uh, I, I, I can tell you another issue that we must have spent hours talking about the forgiveness of student debt, uh, student loan debt, student loan debt, obviously more than, than credit card debt. I do know that the president extended, because of the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, till August, uh, this, this repayment. What are the plans for the administration to eliminate or stop, or, or whatever you want to call it, student uh, loan debt? Well, we are pausing on the putting a pause on people having to pay um, their their student loans because, of course, during the course of the pandemic, um, people have suffered greatly in terms of their sources of income, their ability to work um, and pay their bills. So we put a pause on it. I, you know, I will tell you, Joe. For me, this is personal. I had student loans. You know, I'd have to sit there. I finally paid them off, but sit down with that little, you know, that little coupon book and write that check every month um, in addition to, you know, rent and everything else. And, and it's real. It's a real issue. Um, and we, we really need to give people a little breathing room to get back on their feet during the course of this pandemic, after the, the pandemic. And so we're going to keep focusing on borrowers in need. And the pause, I think, will be a, a good lifeline. Um, for allowing people to rebuild um, from the pandemic. And I, I assume this will be revisited after the pause in August. I intend to revisit it for sure. It's something okay. I care deeply about. Right. It's something I care deeply about. It is personal to me. I, you know, I also know that when we look at how it affects different populations based on race um, that are Black students and graduates um, 
tend to graduate, especially if they're coming from an HBCU, with more debt than other students, and that it has a direct impact on whether that student, that graduate, can buy a home or start a family, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, or get through the month. It's, it's a real issue. So and Pell, Pell Grants have been increased? It. Yeah, Pell Grants, have, uh, have you increased Pell Grants? Um, we have definitely extended the, and I, it's something that I think we need to keep doing, the, the okay. awareness about what we have to do on Pell Grants, and I can follow up with you on specifically what we've been doing. But okay. um, I can tell you that when I was in the Senate, I was definitely working on the Pell Grant issue because it, it can't be what it was when I was at Howard. <laughs> it's just, we've got to do better. We've got right. to do better. I, I know I know you have a reception to go to, so I'm gonna hold you up and and, yes, and appreciate for, for Jackson and and appreciate you coming on and look forward to our next discussion. Thank you, Vice President. Thank okay. you very much. I appreciate you, Bill Madison. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It's Thank good to be you. back with you. Good Bye-bye. to have you back. Bye bye. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.